Welcome to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. I am Dr. John, the guide for your heroic journey towards greater health, success, and most importantly, happiness. And now, on with the show. Hi, this is Dr. John, and I am thrilled to announce that Jory and I are opening up our retreat in beautiful Costa Rica from September 28th of 2024 to October 5th. Everyone wants fulfilling relationships. The hard part is love is not enough. So many factors can get in the way preventing ongoing connection, intimacy, and aligned growth. All healthy relationships start within. But when we have unresolved stuff, it can easily interfere with those we are seeking to be closest with. Whether you're in a long-term committed partnership or are single and are looking for love, this retreat will guide you in the heroic journey of healing yourself so that you can be open and available to cultivate the fulfilling relationships you desire and deserve. To find out more, visit joryrose.com slash retreats. That's J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E dot com slash retreats. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. John back with the latest episode of the Evolved Caveman podcast. And I am honored to have with me today as my guest, Lois Coffey. Well, she was Kofi, pardon me. She was formerly known as Lois. Now her ceremonial spiritual name is Misty Magdalena Grace. She is a plant medicine woman, spiritual teacher, and microdosing coach focused on mental, physical, and spiritual health. She's been a coach for 23 years, coaching 20,000 plus people in health and fitness, as well as business and sales. And she's seen so many people focus on the external doing of goal setting, New Year's resolutions, intention setting, and realized that most of our success actually lies within. She's had her own awakening journey of working through addictive behaviors, depression, anxiety, and struggles, as well as many victories and successes. She's lost 12 friends to suicide and many to addiction and has a huge vision to help people safely use sacred plants for healing. She has trained with several plant medicine women and shamans through initiations and deep dive healing over 50 times. She lives in South Carolina, uh, pardon me, she lives in South Southern California. Whew, that was tough. And hosts retreats with her beloved husband, Emmanuel, who's a shaman. They specialize in ancestral trauma, addiction, and connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. Magdalena, welcome. How are you? Yay, I'm amazing. That was amazing because that was a mouthful. I've I appreciate you introducing me. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. So I'm excited to get into this. So how did you get into this? How did you get to this point in your story where you're leading ceremonies around healing journeys and psychedelics? Yeah, well, gosh, it's it's twofold. Uh number one, I first had that background. I knew for a long, long time I wanted to be um an individual who brought health, hope, and healing to people. That's why I got into the health and fitness industry. And, you know, over 17 years of my 23 year career, it was touching lives with body, mind work, but I always felt like there was something missing. (laughs) And I didn't realize that until I was missing it. Um, and kind of went into what I call like a dark night of the soul downward spiral, um, in my marriage amidst all the loss that I had. And including, I lost my, my, both my brother and my mom in the beginning of 2020, my dad. Wow. I'm sorry. That's rough. I know. So I was adding grief upon grief upon grief. And underneath all that was a lot of unresolved trauma. And I didn't, I didn't know. I I was on autopilot, hamster wheel, chasing the the big sales, you know, the money and trying to provide for a family and uh, trying to keep it all together as a mom, a wife and a businesswoman essentially um, didn't realize that I had shut down a lot of my feminine side when a lot of this trauma came up as well. So I was really masculine dominant um, and I became a binge drinking workaholic. And so essentially Mm -hmm. amidst the pandemic, the pandemic it actually helped, you know, exacerbate the the pain. Uh, Cause again, I had more friends commit suicide during that time, lost my brother and my mom, like I already said. And by the fall of 2020, I felt like a, a zombie, um, mm-hmm. you know, drinking way too much alcohol to escape and mm-hmm. feeling like I was going to either be on the road to death and divorce. Cause Oh, by the way, my husband was also mirroring back a lot of my wounds and a lot of his own numbing. Um, Don't you hate that? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I could go on for hours on that, but to keep it short, I, I read a book called the surrender experiment and it was hmm. about this guy, Michael Singer, and it pissed me off at first, but there's a saying, uh, Dr. John, you know, the, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. And in the mm-hmm. book, the guy was talking about how he was a hippie. He was meditating all the time and he literally didn't make, he didn't set any goals. He just went inward every day and he became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire and a CEO of an amazing company. Again, he didn't plan any of it. And here I'd been, you know, kicking ass, taking names, setting goals, teaching people how to do that, right? And making tons of money. Oh, by the way, um, getting paid as a sales coach at that time and in that iteration of my journey in 2020. But when I read that book, I was like, oh yeah, he's actually right. And I then met a spiritual mentor who said, hey, you're not supposed to be doing what you're doing. You're going to be a healer. You're going to be a teacher. And oh, by the way, go play with some ayahuasca and some psilocybin. And this was all channeling. He was channeling this from the Mm -hmm. not a plant medicine guy, by the way. And at first I was like, who the hell are you? And what horse did you ride in on to tell me this without my permission? You know, but again, just like that book said, surrender, go within. And then he said, go within with, with what now I, I now call sacred plants. I was like, so broken that I was like, okay, I want to live. I want to figure out how to choose life instead of all of this external validation that was leading me on a road to nowhere. And so I sat with my first um, plant medicine journey in April of 2021. And the rest, as they say, is history. I realized quickly, and a a shaman actually told me and my husband, he's like, you guys are going to be doing this work. You know, again, Mm -hmm. all of these channeled messages, all these signs, all these teachers. And then of course, as I peeled back the layers of all of that grief had all of my friends who committed suicide visit me um, and tell me in my journey space, you are here. We need you to be our voice. We need you to go out and heal and teach people um, the things that we couldn't heal and learn. And and essentially they were saying, thank you, Magdalena, for healing what we couldn't heal because a lot of it was the mother wound, the father wound, the religion wound. I now have a new one. I call it the witch wound and you know all of this ancestral trauma that we all carry in our dna seven generations plus i believe back on both sides mom and dad and if you don't really fully get to the root cause of it you're just medicating your medications or you're or you're living status quo or in the case of many of my friends they they commit suicide they they die yeah. they say i'm done with this life and so i saved my life save my marriage, um, you know, still on the journey. Uh, I still have uh, more to learn and to grow from, I have no doubt, but uh, to be able to share what I've learned with people and help them go within, that's why I'm here. And that was the the spiritual component that I was missing in my health and fitness career. So now, you know, I've got mind, body and spirit all together. And secondly, lastly, um, I also have seen a lot of scary stuff in the plant medicine space. I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of misuse of these sacred plants. And so me and my husband, you know, came out of the closet actually sooner than we anticipated because we really want to hold safe containers and support people in a sacred way. And um, I can, I can finish there for now because I'm sure we've got a bit to unpack. Yeah. There's lots to unpack there. Thank you for sharing. And I, one of the, I mean, there's a couple, there's all sorts of ways my mind goes. Um, I think one of the best ways to do these kind of journeys is to have a husband, wife, or male, female sitters and to have two, right? Because there is, I've, I've heard enough stories about shady stuff going on, whether it's with shamans or whoever with sitters, when you're at your most vulnerable sitting on a journey. And I think we need to put up some safeguards against that. Yeah, you, 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 I, I agree. And um, oh boy, yeah, I could tell you some stories of things that I've witnessed for sure. Um, but I think the the other thing to add to that, if I may, is that you know that feminine and masculine energy in the container also ha- has another element, another layer that I personally have witnessed and love. Mm-hmm. And now our clients are saying the same. Yeah, and and I've also seen plant based healers who I would say aren't aren't qualified to be doing what they're doing on a cognitive or emotional level. Like they may be spiritually qualified, but there's other levels in which I have some serious doubts. 
So I, I think we're, we're, you know, we're kind of dipping our toe in this water and we're kind of feeling our way through. And I think for anyone that's considering going on a journey, make sure that you get someone that's well-grounded, you know, is, is balanced cognitively, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And for me too, like what I've, I agree with you because I've seen the good, bad and the ugly and I've experienced it. Um, there's so many elements to a safe container and a sacred space protection. Um, but even just the integration after, like I come from my fitness and nutrition background, mental health background, all of the things. So to be able to also nourish and prepare your body and mind before you go in and then after is like also just as important, if not more. So, um, there's a lot of that missing in the mm-hmm. space and in the industry. Uh, cause a lot of people will, will go and get the, get the big wide blown open thing. And then afterwards just go back to, you know, uh, working with cannabis on the daily or drinking mm-hmm. or eating pizza or, you know, not really taking care of their, their whole body, mind and nourishing themselves properly. Cause it's a lot that comes mm-hmm. up in the medicine yeah, space. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I like that idea of it's the mind revealing itself to itself or the soul revealing itself. And, and that can be an exhausting and depleting journey. So yeah. tell me, walk me through kind of the process that you go through to set people up for success during the journey prior, during the journey, and then post-journey. Yes. And so I'll speak from both my perspective and my my husband, my partner, since he's not here today, because he is the shaman. He is an actual real shaman. I know people, uh, they throw that word around. And I remember when I first came in the space, I didn't even know what that meant. Um, and so, uh, I'll, I'll maybe speak to that since he, that I just started talking about it, but as a shaman, they go into the spirit world. They also protect, um, the container from, you know, dark energies and help cleanse and purify the space. They can even call in the ancestors and help if you want to do that during the ceremony. And he even starts before the ceremony preparing the the spirit world if you will and if if uh, our attendees can share a little bit about their ancestral heritage or heritage or if they're already working with any kind of ascended masters guides teachers or not we don't care we, we work with all all people but um he can actually tune in with that and and um you know kind of like psychically and energetically and shamanically tune in and he's already in the, in the ceremony himself as am i um mm-hmm. when, when people sign up ideally we want them to sign up two weeks before an event um because it's really all about preparing the temple your body mind spirit temple um from a nutrition standpoint because different you know different people will do what they need to do for their, for them especially if they're in the addiction space mm-hmm. um, but we want them to cut back on the alcohol the sugar and there's certain foods and I'm not going to go into all of that but the the physical component but even just the the mental component like if they want to do a, a social media cleanse or just cut back on certain toxic people or conversations even even lighten their schedule a little bit more um focus on their sleep hygiene if they can up to 2 weeks before um but usually if if they sign up the latest we want them to sign up is the monday prior to like say for example a saturday ceremony and again we have a coaching document intention setting we have a group call and the coaching document gives them access to some meditation um, some journal prompts some how to you know really sit with their intention and and again prepare the mind the body and their their spiritual exercises are they doing any meditation prior um, encouraging them to get out in nature more um, and really just tune in to what it is that they want to release and what is it they want to call in and have any specific breakthroughs so we coach them on setting intentions. Cause as you know, um, where your intention goes is where your energy flows. And we've seen massive breakthroughs, um, just by doing that proper preparation yeah. and, and intention setting. And then of course the ceremony, um, is, is a huge day. Well, can I, can I pause you there for a second? Oh, so I, I think one of the other things that has struck me recently, that's helpful, although not always possible is to bring in community. So family and friends, I, I think, if your family and friends are supportive of you doing a journey, it's helpful to bring them in and let them know, Hey, I'm going to be doing ayahuasca on Saturday, or I'm going to be doing a psilocybin retreat. And just so you know, I might be tapped out, you know, the next day or two. Um, 
And what about um, preparing your clients for challenging experiences or quote, bad trips, unquote? Yeah. Well, the good news is if they do all those other things, um, we haven't really had anyone have a, a okay. trip at this point. Now, keep in mind, I find personally, this has just been my experience. Um, the medicine is going to be gentle with you the first few times, uh, a quote unquote bad trip. Again, everyone's going to have their own journey. Um, didn't happen for me until several journeys in. Cause by that point, my mind, my body, and my spirit was ready to handle it, um, to be able to receive it. So, um, but in, but to your point, that's why we also talk about breath work and meditation and decluttering the mind and the schedule as much as they can. And the nutrition component coming in, they're going to have a much, much better experience. Yeah. So, so that's the the biggest thing and, and breath work. And we teach them the day of, just so you know, we teach them. Um, I, I actually do a chakra clearing at the beginning of the ceremony. We also um, serve hape, uh, which is a beautiful shamanic tool that also cleanses and releases and gets rid of some, some bad, they call it panema, which is just a fancy word for saying bad energetics. Um, And then we, we do a lot of things to prepare them. Like we don't actually serve the medicine until about two hours in because Mm. we're, we're cleansing, we're clearing, we're saging, we're preparing, we're speaking intentions to the medicine, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And then we tell them, we do a little breath work just before as a final reminder, how to breathe through a scary situation, Mm -hmm. how to be how to ask for help because there is value in the struggle. There is value Mm -hmm. in not us trying to rush in and try to stop because we want to teach them the emotional intelligence because most of us it's childhood trauma and or ancestral trauma. And a lot of us numb out because we don't want to feel the feels. So we want them to experience the anxiety, the fear, um, possibly the the terror, and we hold space for them and we have our own tools to help them move it through. And if they can't get, like after a while, they can't get it through, then we have, we have the tools to help them process and move it through. And we learned that because guess what? We didn't get help. Um, mm. and, uh, I actually was, you know, traumatized and and quote unquote, kind of like injured um, in different ceremony experiences. So we know when to help and when to just hold space. So let me ask you this, because it's in my experience, it seems that a challenging experience is primarily fear-based. I guess it could be anger, but it's some degree of fear, terror, panic. And you know, you're seeing something or encountering something that you're fearful of. And that's what most people quantify or, or characterize as a bad trip. Yeah. And, and so if you can prep the client for that possibility and remind them, Hey, look, there's a lot of psychological gold in those challenging points yeah. of the journey. So try not to panic, remember to breathe deeply and yeah. remind yourself this is going to pass. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Does that fit with your experiences? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's value in, like I said, the discomfort. Most of us, mm-hmm. America specifically, because I, I am American. This is where I live at this point. We've been taught to avoid and push away and to, again, numb those uncomfortable experiences. But we we want to teach people how to become comfortable with being uncomfortable because guess what? I can almost guarantee you if it shows up in the ceremony, it's going to happen on your way home or when you get home and get back to the concrete jungle of life that we all live in. And that's why we provide 30 great 30 days of integration, support, breathwork classes, meditation classes, inner child healing, how to hold yourself classes in order to be able to process it more safely. Yeah. And there's new research that shows that each of these substances, depending on the substance, it will open up or reopen a critical window of learning in the brain for two, three, or four weeks. Usually it's, it seems to be tied to how long the the length of the trip, the length of the journey. So the longer the journey, the longer the window, it seems to open. So it's usually two, three, or four weeks, but it's reopening these windows where you can have this rapid, quick learning. You can have epiphanies well after the journey has passed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's some people and and I know I'm, I'm a bit of a, an extreme case because I knew right away that um, this was going to be my path. So I did sit, you know, deep dives, no joke, once to twice a month to really, really heal. And most, yeah. most practitioners do that, by the way. Um, in fact, if you go to the jungle, 
you're down there for three months um, on wow. thing and maybe sitting with medicine three times a week or four times a week. So that's like, that's the teacher's shamanic path. Okay. So we just put that on the shelf for now. Yeah. I'm not advocating for that because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I also didn't work a whole lot during that time. Oh, by the way. Um, so you, you've got to be able to go back to normal life. So I only yeah. advocate um, people, depending on how deep their trauma is and how quickly they want to process and move through and what their budget is. But if you do just one a quarter, that is a beautiful path of deep healing, but you do got to be committed if you're going to do that. Otherwise one journey a year or one journey, a lifetime, sometimes that's all a person needs or wants. And Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. You got to decide that for you. Yeah. So, okay. So now we're past the initiation part of this and now we're in, now we're into the journey. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the journey is going to vary based on what medicines you're offering. Yes. Yes. and No. Um, Cause I've sat with so many medicines. I of course have chosen what I'm serving uh, cause I'm not a jack of all trades and I have a deep relationship with the medicines I'm serving. Um, yeah, and to go over those medicines briefly, if you would. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, cause I'm also a microdosing coach. So I'll, I'll speak, share that and a little bit of an element, a hidden element in there as to why I'm sharing that, but we work with Hape. Um, that's a, a tobacco, um, that helps with cleansing and clearing. We also work with Sananga. Um, Sananga is, uh, an eye drop that also, they both actually open the third eye and help ground you really, really grounding you to then be able to receive what I call the main course medicines for us. It's, um, Silawaska. So we work with, and, and it's actually Bacarius, um, Cappy, it's a vine. It's the legal, portion of, um, of Aya, uh, and with, with the Aya, that is just a microdose. We just want to, it's a heart opener. Um, so we, we, we do a tincture under the tongue, mm-hmm. um, a certain dosage depending upon the person, but pretty much the same. Um, and they hold and meditate with that and it just gets into the body. It opens up the heart so beautifully. Um, and then, and then we work with a heroic dose of the psilocybin, um, different strains call to us at different times. We also set a theme for the ceremony. The theme actually, um, I've found makes a huge impact on the container, hmm. on the collective. Can you um, give me an example of some of the themes? Yeah. So because of our, our path and we, we really focus on the divine feminine, and the divine masculine. So like the mother wound, the father wound, um, but there's also those energies inside of us, our brains, our hemispheres. And so we've done the masculine wound and we've had people have like, we're calling it lifetime breakthroughs with their father wound, um, heavily addicted to alcohol, antidepressants, and in just two ceremonies, specifically the one with the father wound, they broke through that. And now they're a completely different person. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the themes do make a huge impact. Um, we have one coming up. That's the sacred feminine or, um, the mother wound. It's kind of a, however you want to play with that. Um, being able to then focus on, um, bringing forth more of that feminine energy, intuition, receptivity, love, compassion, things of that nature, and then healing, healing that from your childhood trauma, uh, all of that kind of stuff. So, so those are examples. Um, and then, so with the heroic dose, we, we consult with each individual on what's their sensitivity, how they sat before, um, and so, you know, that's, that's all I'm going to share with you about the medicine. Okay. But, uh, how do you, um, how do you account for things like antidepressants? Yeah, we have a full intake and a full okay. screening on that. And we have the right to, you know, refuse supporting someone yeah. if they're a, if they're, you know, even extremely addicted to other substances, or if they're on a lot of medications, we won't, we won't work with people. What about contraindications? Uh, psychosis, bipolar. Yeah, we, we actually don't work with anyone that in that extreme, we will refer them out because that's, that's beyond our, our, uh, our, our scale and our abilities. I've also understood narcissists and borderlines doesn't work very well for them either. Yeah, that would be where, and, and full props to like, I know there's psychedelic assisted therapists out there and psychologists. I'm a big believer in collaboration and, and niches and specialties. I cannot work with everyone, nor should I, and nor should anyone else. So I'm all about referring out if it's someone that I don't feel like it's in my capacity to support. Cool. Okay. Thank you. And so you sit in the journey or sit for the journey. And then what about integration afterwards? 
Yes. So as we come out, we get people back into their bodies. We'll do some maybe light yoga, dancing. We have different types of exercises and things that we share with people to ground um, because it can, some people, it hits them harder than others. I know for me, when I first started, like it would take me a really long time to come back mm-hmm. <laughs> and be able to be quote unquote sober, if you will. So we always um, serve food, nourishing, healthy, clean nutrition and, and water. And then we have, um, we allow them to eat. And then we go around in a circle and we share what each person's experience we give like a, a timed amount yeah. um, to allow people to speak and to share from their heart uh, and they also have the option to not share because some people it it might have been too much and they're just not ready and that's okay um, but then we do a group integration call within the week we'll um for first timers we'll also do a one-on-one call um, that's included. And then we'll do, uh, we have a 30 day, um, online class container with breath work, nutrition, inner child healing, um, yoga and meditation classes. And they, they have on demand recordings. Cause we don't know when someone's going to have a, an experience or a mm-hmm. memory or a flashback or something that comes up. We want them to have 24 seven access to that portal so they can go in at any time and, and move through with you know, a chakra clearing exercise or move through with a breath work or move through with a meditation. And there's very specific ones for plant medicine uh, and microdosing clients. They also get to use my portal as well. And then if they need more support, you know, a, we could refer them out to someone. If there's a specialty, like if someone's having a really big trauma, I am not qualified for that. I'm going to refer them out to one of my specialists. And then if they, if it's something more simple, um, like ancestral healing or, or just a conversation or some, I have a lot of processes I can take people through, then it's just additional cost for investment for integration calls. Because that's what I did. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't find anyone who actually offered up integration support. I had to ask and, and for it and then hire someone um, it wasn't just automatically given, which I find is is missing in ninety percent of the the cases. But but it was all good. It it brought me to where I am today, into like having automatic integration support because a lot of people don't know how to ask for it when they're coming mm-hmm. out of these types yeah. of experiences. Oh yeah, to me it has to be assumed, like it's just part of the package. Yeah, and the research backs that up that the you know some sort of integration sessions afterwards is critical in terms of sealing the gains that you made during the journey. Yeah. Yeah. It reinforces, it allows them to be seen, heard. Um, and like I said, I have so many processes that I, I take people through depending upon where they're at and what they need. Um, again, based on my own trial and error and experiences. Yeah. So as, as I've gotten more into this, I guess, psychedelic psychotherapy role, I've realized, so my background has always been highly scientific. So I I got the brain science down. I got the psychology down. I've had to learn more about the spiritual side in this whole thing. And so talk to me a little bit about that, the role of spirituality in these journeys, because it's huge. Yeah. And I can say that's also a very interesting, sensitive subject. And and you and I had a great, beautiful phone chat about this. Me and um, my husband, we are we do come from more of a spiritual standpoint. So that's why we also would refer out any bipolar or any kind of like extreme medication cases, because personally they're probably not going to receive the medicine very well and they need a one-on-one container, not a group ceremony. Okay. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, But we want to help people go within because there's a saying, the kingdom of heaven lies within. Well, Mm -hmm. That's the the God, the spirit, the source, the divine, whatever you call it, um, that is inside of you, that is just waiting to come out and play. And most of us have grown up in dogmatic religions or institutions that says, no, you can't have spiritual gifts. And no, you you got to just follow all of these rules and you got to believe a certain way and a lot of rigid structures, which is a lot of what I got to heal, honestly. And I, I, I've been able to go into the spirit world and reconnect with Jesus and Mother Mary and heal a lot of that wound. Well, I, I think to me, that's one of the, sorry to interrupt. I think that's yeah. one of the huge gifts that these plant medicines do for us is they break up rigid thinking. Because yes. rigid thinking to me is a hallmark of most mental health issues out there. 
Yes. Yes. And I believe that's why most of my friends committed suicide. Honestly, um, they were on antidepressants. They weren't allowed to really play with their true spirituality, their truth, their essence, their own divine beingness. They were stuck in the structure of doing this and not allowing to go into other realms or other dimensions. We allow you to do that. We hold space for that because that's what saved our lives is more of the spiritual connection with the divine, again, source, creator, whatever. And, And even for me, Going all the way back to my ancestors, I've had so many um, medicine sits now where I'm connecting and communing with my dead loved ones, those who have gone before and my ancestors way, way, way back to the beginning mm-hmm. of time. Um, you know, my husband can see that he he can support that. And then, you know, to be able to, to really be a witness to that and hold space for people and have them have a safe space to do that, because that can be terrifying. I believe some people have even committed suicide because of their spiritual gifts. They thought they were demonic. Yeah. Or they, they didn't understand them. And so we want to help people do this safely. And then also to know that they're not crazy because how many people have probably gone to the psych ward because they thought they were crazy, right. Or are on medications because they thought they were crazy. We want to bring that human and divine connection together and help them develop those gifts, not necessarily in the ceremony. That's more mm-hmm. for like after that's a whole nother conversation, but, but it's, it's the, it's the best way um, that the plants are sacred, their consciousness, they've been around here millions, if not billions of years. So they understand that divine in theogen, because I don't like the word psychedelic. I, I mm-hmm. use medicine, but one of my shamans, he would always say in theogen, you know, the God within mm-hmm. That's what the shamans, indigenous cultures, they did. They they didn't believe that any disease was was physical. It was all spiritual, and you had to go within to find the root cause and to pull it out by the roots, which is usually again ancestral and or karmic. Um, and to to make peace with that and understand that in the spirit realm is so much better, in my opinion. Well, the most psychotherapies. Let, let's talk about that a little bit because I just had a pretty. I don't know, revolutionary experience. Um, I don't know if you know the term unattached burdens, but it's a way, it's in internal family systems. In psychology, it's a way to refer to energy, usually dark energy that comes into you from outside of yourself. Okay. And, you know, most cultures on the planet have some form of this, some belief in this, and many would call it spiritual possession. But, you know, IFS doesn't want to call it that generally because that's not scientific enough for them. Okay. But, um, you know, if we assume that the brain is porous rather than what we've always done, which is assume the brain is non-porous. And the only things that we know of that are not porous in this world are dead. So why would we assume the brain is not porous? But then the brain can take in these outside energies through a variety of circumstances. And I, I had a client recently that I suspected had one of these who was the, this unattached burden was telling him to kill himself daily. Right. And so I actually brought him to a spiritual healer and she removed this unattached burden, whatever, however you want to define that. Um, and that whole thing was used to be outside of my realm of outside of my worldview. Yeah. And now it's squarely in it because yeah. I've talked to so many people that have had their own experiences with them, either personally or, you know, tangentially in a journey. So this idea of ancestral trauma and karma, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I want to just reinforce what you said, because that's the other reason why I, I'm very picky about who I sit with. And like right now, at this point, I only really want to sit with my my husband, my partner, because he can do what you're just talking about. He actually, I have sat in my own home in ceremony with him. And I felt like I was possessed and having an exorcism and he could see it. And it was actually ancestral. So it's a good segue. These were like ancient beings that had contracts with my soul up till now. And he had to say, it's time we were sitting by the fire because fire magic is part of his thing and his gifts. Um, And so he was able to release them. And so to be able to have that ability to help people, because you can go sit with anyone, I suppose you can sit with your friends in a van down by the river <laughs> Yes, and, you can. And, and, and do these medicines. But here I'm here to tell you the veil is thin and if yeah. you're not protected. And if you have any of these types of things that are a part of you, 
watch out. This could be some people have done ceremonies and gone and killed themselves. So yeah. you, you don't know what you don't know. You've got to have the right safe container. And that's part of what, what I discovered. A shaman told me to go back to ancestral trauma. Um, he actually said, my ancestors were blocking me when this was way back in the beginning when I started in this space. And I was like, wait, what? My ancestors are blocking me. And these were the not so happy ancestors. Oh, well, and it's interesting because I've, I've also talked to um, indigenous healers who will invoke, like they will call in well Wise ancestors. And and, yep, yeah, we and, do and so like, can you give me just the psychologically healthy ancestors to come in <laughs> and protect us and talk to us during this journey, please? We don't need any of the nut jobs in my lineage. Okay. Thank you. Well, actually, you kind of do because we really want to, we want to call them out. Yeah, and and I wish I would have had someone who specialized in this earlier because I went through about six months of of hell, probably trying to figure it out on my own. And then mm. I went to an uh, ayahuasca ceremony and had um, a spirit, a different spiritual teacher had told me, "Yeah, you got to cleanse and clear. You got to you got to cut the cord of the mm. the not wise and healed." We called it wise and healed. Mm -hmm. And then I did that with a, a spiritual ritual that I can now help my clients with. And then I went to and sat with ayahuasca and I sat with my ancestors and got some real clear answers as to why, why were these uh, other ancestors, you know, essentially blocking me and hurting me again in my logical mind, yeah. I thought it was hurting. And he said, well, you signed up for that. You came in, that was your karma to have this 14 year period of essential hell of carrying the karmic ancestral shame, guilt, and fear of many generations. You chose in this body, in this lifetime to come in and cleanse and clear that. And now you've got the lesson because I had to humble myself. I had to get to my knees and to, you know, coin a spiritual term and just be like, please, please, I'm ready. Can I be done with this lesson now? And so I communed with grandmother ayahuasca and some mapacho tobacco, which is how you call in the ancestors, which we also do in our ceremony. Um, the wise and healed to say, Hey, can I be done with this? Now they, they showed me why I had this stuff and why I chose it karmically. And now they, I asked permission, can I be done with this? And they laughed and they said, yes. And I just ran to the bucket, puked my guts mm. out literally and then thankfully, because I had the right teachers and tools, um, you know, I was able to process and release and it completely shifted my life. And so that's why we want to talk about it here today and also with our clients, if they're open and you don't yeah. have to be ready for this, it, it's, it's a, it was probably in, you know, months into my journey, but if someone is open and ready to literally you're healing many generations and then you're creating a new lineage for your family even if you don't have children you're also healing the collective so that's the kind of stuff we want to help people um, so magdalena i gotta interrupt here and i gotta say i am so jealous that you have some wild and healed and wise and healed ancestors <laughs> i i you know i'm not sure i have any oh you do, <laughs> you do. You do. i'm just teasing Okay. Well, you said wild. I was going to say, I don't yeah, know. wild. <laughs> Pretty wild. That was, that was a combination of wild, <laughs> wise, and healed. Um, wild. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the masculine wound and the wounded feminine as well. Sure. So let's start with the masculine wound. So I'm assuming this is a wound that happens from your father at a young age, but you probably will take it back lifetimes as well. Oh, God. Yeah. Because if you think about it, um, you know, especially with our generation, you know, my, I, I guess I'll speak for myself, like the great depression era, you know, that's where my father, you were alive in the great depression. My father was born. My oh, okay. Was I was going to say, you look great. <laughs> I will say the plant medicine has, uh, you know, regressed me down a few years. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing, but anyway, um, the, the great depression era, you know, and, and, and he carried a lot of that right inside of him, which, you know, uh, for better, for worse, made him very emotionally unavailable, a lot of scarcity, not enoughness, a lot of rules, control, protection, fake it till you make it mentality is the whole society, by the way. Mm, yeah. I was going to say masculine one is not just father. It's patriarchal. System. That's man box. Yeah. 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 So to be able to, to recognize that through the medicine and to help people find that love and compassion first for your father, whether you had one or not, whether he was emotionally available or not, that's a huge step towards healing your own masculine wound. Cause you embody that, which came 
from your father and his father and his father's father and his, and, you know, cause like my family especially came from Germany over the ocean in like 1860 something, yeah. you know, they, they carried a lot of shame and guilt and, and, and in some ways, you know, might've been running away as the black sheep of the family, a lot of judgment. And usually you, the men were in charge. Right. So that's a lot to carry. Our men carry so much. And then I'm a woman, but I have masculine energy left side of the brain, feminine energy, right side of the brain. So it's not about just the father stuff or the grandfather stuff. It's also um, that logic analytics. Um, that's the execution side of our brain. And if it's wounded, that what happened for me anyway, is then you're just chasing after the money. You're chasing after the numbers and the sales and the analytics. And, you know, that's, that's not a healthy balanced way to be. I had really suppressed my feminine if I can jump in there, I mean, one of the things that I see with a lot of men in particular, and I guess corporate women, is that over-identification with the thinker. And the career. Yeah, the like label. We, we just think we're the thoughts in our heads, and we've completely disconnected um, from our body and emotion. Yeah. And it's very problematic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's goal-driven. It's the yeah. think and grow rich, self-help move it. Yeah, you get the yeah the, the self-referential values and goals and purpose. I'm going to get wealthy. I'm going to be famous. Yeah. Like I'm going to be a social media influencer, which don't actually bring happiness, fulfillment and satisfaction. No, because that's where I was. I was making tons of money. I had a top yeah. 20 podcast, blah, 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 an email list to 5,000, blah, 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 blah. I could go on. Right. But I was making it all about the ego. And that's mm -hmm. that's like the, the the masculine wound is is definitely more ego driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you can when you can recognize that you can't heal what you can't feel. You got to acknowledge it. You can't heal what you can't name. This is just my personal experience. Well, you can't heal what you're not aware of, which right. is most of us. Yeah. 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 And we're in a time, if I can go a little esoteric more. Please. So we're in a time of the age of Aquarius. We're in a time <gasps> of the feminine energies coming in hot. That's why we're going through the world that we're going through right now, why there's more wars, there's even more suicide, there's more everything. People are freaking out because this feminine energy is so, so different than the masculine patriarchal stuff we've been, you know, with for the last three to 4,000 years. Hmm. So it's forcing us to look at this stuff. I, in the past week, I have seen so many more clients and, and associates and friends have way more trauma come up. And a lot of it is father wound stuff, mother wound stuff. And guess what? That's just going to keep rising because this age of Aquarius stuff is going to happen until the end of 2024. Um, and really 2025, 2026, we're, I think we're going to have a very, hopefully, this is my prayer, um, with the plant medicine, what it, I've been shown and, and what I see just across the board in, in non-plant medicine healing space is that by that time, we'll We'll have a lot more love, peace, and kindness, but we got to do a lot more shadow work and un uncover these mom and dad wounds or masculine and feminine wounds, whichever name suits you. Yeah. In order to really, like Carl Jung talked about that, the unconscious, you know, shadow work psychologist that's not always popular because people want to focus on Freud or, or, oh, Jordan I hate Freud. Himself. I love Jung. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got to do. Freud more. liked to have cocaine blown up his ass, oh, but that's well. not why I hate him. I didn't know that. <laughs> I just don't agree with a lot of his ideas. I mean, he was brilliant. He did start psychology, but a lot of his stuff was not on point, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I always like to throw in the backstory of you know, some of these psychologists. And that's the thing is, again, going back to your question and why we we do want to balance the sacred, the spiritual and the the, the mental. Um, but I find, again, just like the shamans did and have taught us that a lot of it is spiritual and rooted in those deep traumas and karmic lessons that if, if we don't know, we can't change and shift them. Just like I didn't know I had a masculine wound until I went through this space. And then when I started to heal that. Then I recognize the the feminine wound, which is uh, where you're shutting down and and you don't trust your intuition. You're 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 prone to burnout. You don't ask because you don't ask for help. You're asking for help is a sign of, of weakness. weakness. Yeah. Um. And and a lot of times you if you if you have a feminine wound and you can have one just as as much as I yeah. can, even though you're a guy, um, we tend to attract a lot of narcissists to your point, or we will attract more masculine wound dominant 
especially hmm. males, but also women. I yeah. did that too. Um, oh, by the way, um, and it can show up in business partners, clients, friends, you know, so if you don't heal it, uh, which is healing it in your heart, your heart's your largest brain. And that's what's magnetizing these experiences to you. If you don't heal it, you're going to keep attracting all yeah. of this shitty, shady experience stuff. That's why if you don't focus on the heart brain more in this space, as a lot of people overemphasize the, the head brain in, in everything, but also plant medicine, um, you're not really getting anywhere. It's still analytical, psychological stuff. you got to get into the heart. Well, and that's one of the things that has caused me to start to get more into this plant-based healing for clients is I've realized there's a limit to what talk therapy can accomplish. And I've, I mean, I've, my whole career, I've been looking for tools to support mental health and wellness. And, you know, to me, psilocybin and MDMA are two of the most powerful tools that we have. I, I don't have experience with ayahuasca um, that may come down the road, but it's, it's really powerful medicine. And, and, you know, with my own experience of psilocybin, one of the things I've gotten really into is this idea of animism of the, you know, that there is sentience and spirit in all living things. And, yes. you know, and then the, the next step was, so I could totally get behind plants, trees, animals, you know, all that stuff. I, I was stuck at, you know, what about like, my computer, my AirPods, metal, you know, like, you know, how far do we go with this? And then just today, there was research that came out that said, metal heals itself. And there's an experiment that they did that they tried to, they pulled platinum apart 200 times a second to make these micro tears in it. And on a nanoparticle level, the metal started healing itself and would heal some of these micro cracks. Mm, wow. I don't even know how to make sense of that. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't know where to begin. But it's, I mean, it's, it opens up a new way of looking at the world, I would argue. One where you're more in touch with it, in tune with it, where you have more awe, wonder, curiosity, joy. Um, that to me is the goal. A hundred percent. It's more. You know, after you heal your shit. Yeah, because I couldn't feel joy. Or bliss, yeah. or anything, <laughs> honestly, authentically, because I was so blocked, and uh, you know, in my chakras, in my heart, had a brick wall around my heart, and I find a lot of people do. Um, so if you're in that space, like you said, uh, psychotherapy and grief counseling only made it worse for me. Yeah, when well, I like that yeah. idea of a brick wall around your heart, I think that's so true for so many of us. Where I, I, I. Um, I'm of the belief that we, the vast majority of us feel things deeply and then life becomes too painful for us. We get hurt, we get betrayed, and then we start to wall up and we build a brick wall around our heart. And then we just cut ourselves off, which just creates this damning cycle of misery. Yeah. Cause I found I didn't trust myself. I blamed all of my quote unquote bad business partnerships, failures, and, and of course the guilt around friends committing suicide or, yeah. you know, then, then when I started having addiction issues, then blaming myself for being a worthless, you know, all of the things, cause we can be so harsh on ourselves and so critical because we're not allowed to ask for help or show weakness. And, right. and so that's where I had to really, really rewrite and reprogram my DNA. I recoded myself so many different times during ceremony with these plants to, but again, you have to integrate that and apply it in your life. Um, the ceremony by itself won't, won't just do that, but it's really important for people to, to trust themselves more than ever now. Yeah. And, and just one last question. I'm, I'm aware of time. Um, so in the research that is going on right now, they're looking at, and I think this is just the easiest path to get to legalization, but they're looking at using plant-based medicine, mainly psilocybin, some ayahuasca, I guess there's LSD also, which isn't plant-based, but um, to, do, to treat things like major depressive disorder, anxiety, OCD, alcoholism. And what is your thought about using these plant-based medicines to heal places where we're broken versus strength and mental health? Uh, well, I'm going to answer that question with another question. I guess who's, who's serving the medicine? That's my question to you, because I think that makes a huge difference. 
Well, are you talking about in the research or are you talking about in 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 the in general in, in in general and in moving forward with these kinds of things because i guess my my short answer is i don't think it's going to be really helpful to legalize it if now all of a sudden people think they're just going to pop pills and then go about their day and all of a sudden their brain's going to be quote unquote fixed or their right. addiction is going to be absolutely fixed so i still believe it comes back to sitting in sacred ceremony indigenous tribal uh facilitators um you know trained people who have a relationship with the medicine i honestly don't i'm, I'm very concerned and cautiously even skeptical about what the future holds because of what big pharma and the FDA have done. And even seeing what's happened to cannabis, Yeah, cannabis is a sacred medicine. And yeah. now I have so many friends um, who have become addicted to it, or they're using it almost like, like candy or soda or, or an anxiety medication throughout the yeah. day. And I know it can be a nice, um, maybe transition from Vicodin or whatever, to whatever the next thing is. But again, it comes down to getting to the root cause of the issue, mm -hmm. loving yourself, having compassion for yourself and having a guide or a teacher or a therapist, whatever, along with the medicine in order to have lasting shifts and changes. Cause I have yeah. seen people get addicted to healing, just addicted to plant medicine um, and just taking two steps forward and five steps back if they don't have a guide, a teacher or integration. So integration and who's serving it is going to make all the difference. I agree. I, I have some concerns about the research studies that are going on because I don't think they're taking into account the spiritual aspect, the history of the the, the plants. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's some potential dangers there, although the, the results have been fantastic so far, but I'm I don't know. Well, there's always somewhere where there's an agenda, right? Who's doing the research? What yeah. are they sharing? What are they not sharing? And absolutely, for me, if there's, I don't even look at the research. I don't give a shit about the research. <laughs> I only care about results and seeing people's lives changed and 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 seeing, you know, marriages saved and people coming off addictions and, and for lasting periods of time, not just yeah. like a quick fix, because this is also not a quick fix and having been in the fitness industry and seeing the the diets and the trends and the lotions and the potions the shakes and the pills um i just want to really caution people to see if this is the right path for you because unless yeah. you're really committed and getting the right support and guidance i wouldn't go down this path if i were you well magdalena thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to find out more Yay. Well, at this time, because uh, I know this will be coming out later, I full disclosure, like you said in the even the intro, I'm in transition. I, I was known as Lois Kofi. The plants have shown me that she is now moved on and I am now Misty Magdalena Gray. So I am on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. I also have a podcast, which I'd love to have you on, John. Um, it's Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Um, so go look for that on Facebook or in iTunes. Um, my YouTube channel is also a great one. So look for Misty Magdalena Grace on YouTube. And then I have a website um, that's all about microdosing primarily. Um, it's microdosing uh, for health.now.site. And I'll, I'll provide that link for you. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yay. So glad to be here. And that is it for this episode of The Evolved Caveman. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, review, and share. If you didn't like it, you don't have to do a damn thing. Thanks so much. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. If you like what you've heard, support us by subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. For the latest, most powerful tools to connect with like-minded men, join the Facebook group at The Evolved Caveman. Follow Dr. John on Instagram at The Evolved Caveman, all one word, or join the email list by visiting guidetoself.com. 